hi i'm your host yadi i am here today with janice and kara and today's sprinkle is all about thrillers i apologize in advance for any monologues that i jump into because this is my fake this is my chosen genre were any good uh thrillers that you guys have read recently um i just started run on red and that's okay. really good Ooh, okay so yeah, far that's... so good um uh, i started it on ku okay and i actually started it on my flight back yadi and so okay. far so good i'm really liking it mm, okay i'm gonna add that one to the tbr then mm-hmm. yeah um, it's about um two girls who are going to two friends who are going to a bonfire kind of thing up on a, an indian reservation and the thriller the thrilling literally starts like chapter one like immediately they are being followed that's all i'll say i love it love it very good right up my street i love it yeah um i read in my dreams i hold a knife by ashley winstead recently i last year i read the last housewife by her in my opinion last housewife is was one of the best reads of last year, particularly for thriller. It was exceptional. Uh, In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife, right up there with it. She is, and what's crazy about this woman, is that she writes rom-coms too, which is so bizarre because these two books were visceral. I mean, she's not afraid to be very, very dark. And make her main characters almost borderline sociopath. Like, I don't, they're just very honest. They're honest at, like, a millennial woman. I don't know how else to say it. And I really enjoy that because I've read thrillers my whole life. And I feel like up until about eight years ago, most thrillers were very formulated, uh, very male-oriented. And then I feel like in maybe 2012 to 2016, there was a a turn on that. And it's because of Gillian Flynn's Gone Girl. And that exploded. Mm -hmm. And I think this has always existed. But publishing house started to realize millennial, younger Gen X and millennial female authors have thriller stories to tell. And they do it really, really freaking well. And um, and I'm so grateful for Gone Girl. I think it really changed the publishing industry. So Ashley Winstead is just yet another of these amazing women in their like 30s, 40s who are writing these killer thrillers and doing it, just doing a kick-ass job. Frankly, I, I, way better than anything John Grisham ever did. I'm sorry, I'm going to come out and say it. Like, <laughs> you know, come come at me. I love Grisham, but I mean, these girls are just, they're kicking butt and I love it. So Ashley Winstead highly recommend those two books, but I can't speak to her other works because they're romantic comedies, which I, I, I want to read, but it's like, man, talk about like a Jekyll and Hyde situation. I feel like I interrupted someone. No. I mean, I will say it's been probably like a month or two since I read um, a thriller. I think I had a point like a couple months ago where I all I did was read thrillers. Um like I read All the Missing Girls, Comfort Me with Apples, The Perfect Marriage, 
the lies I told. There it is. How was the lies I told? Sorry to interrupt you. Well, there's more than... Okay, so there's more than one the lies I told. The one I read was by Mary Burton. Oh, I know her. Yeah. So that one was interesting. Um, Because you, like, you follow the story of this girl who was murdered like six I think it's like 16 years ago or something like that it's been a long time since the murder happened and um her twin sister is obsessed with figuring out what happened to her sister because the murder has never been solved I love it and then the further you get into the story you realize that everyone in like their inner circle and their friend group has lied about something that led up to the murder. Oh my god, that's or right. Or from like the murder. So like you're trying to figure out like what happened to her. Who okay. did this to her? But ev- like everyone has their own version of what happened. Everyone okay. has secrets about what happened. Um and like even the detective that is supposed to be like investigating it, um, he wants to know what happened and he's kind of made judgments on what he thinks happened and he's involved. But even there are things he hasn't said to people. Okay. And that's yeah. That's all, all. right. That one, I'm adding that to the list. Um and that one actually, um that one I read on Hey You. So okay. now you and KU are back. Um, <laughs> Jeff Bezos gave me two more months for free. Well, it was 99 cents. Um, have you guys read, because I feel like I read this, and when I read it, it wasn't so hyped up. And now everyone's talking about it, and it's the last thing he told me. I just read it, and it was really hyped up about two years ago. I thought it was excellent. And I put off reading it because I tried to read her another book by her called uh, 800 Great that I think was kind of like a love story and just was really I think it was just the time yeah. at the time I just did not want to read a love story and I but oh man I just listened to last thing and it was excellent yeah um and I I guess I didn't expect it and that ending was I'm gonna call that a really good ending it was like, oh, thank you. Somebody said I hated the ending. I was like, no, that was freaking No, that, that was, honestly, any other ending, and it would have been, like, a cliche to the book. Yep. So that, I like that ending. Um, this other one is really hype. I'm sorry, I'm going on my vent of the last few thrillers that I read. Yeah, you um, it. it It was very hype. I read it, and then a bonus chapter came out, which I refused to read. Um, and that was Verity by Colleen Hoover. I, you're gonna make us talk about. This. I don't. We don't have to. And all I can say, all I will say, is just that I read it. Um, and we all know how I feel about Colleen Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think that's what she should be writing. Should be writing thrillers. Yeah, I mean, it was better 
granted, I have only read one other book from her. Um, and two is more than enough for me. Um, we lost her. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if I could read any more from her. Um, I thought Verity was excellent. I didn't I, reinvent was. the wheel. It didn't reinvent the wheel. It didn't. It's the same. It's the same take I have. I love Four Twins, but it's the same reason for the hype is that a lot of these fantasy readers hadn't yet read like a Rider Dragon Bond book, and that's yeah. okay. But that's like some of the hype, and I think a lot of these readers are calling Hoover readers. They've never read a thriller. So when they pick up Verity, to them, it's like the reinvention of the wheel and they they are, it's amazing to them. Whereas that was my bread and butter for about a decade. I, it's all I consumed and I read it and I was like, this is a solid B plus A minus. It's great. Yeah. But it's I, just, my thing is it was okay. And I think the thing that bothered me was like, you, you made a decent book. Like even people that don't like you like this book. Yeah. Hi, it's me. Um, <laughs> and then she comes out with this stupid special edition bonus chapter. I have not read it. I it was given to me. I have not read it. Um, I know other people who've read it, and then once they've read it, it they said it kind of changed the story for them a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is I think why I don't want to read it because more than one person said that. Yeah. And then I'm just like, are you? If I read it, am I going to still be like, this is what you should stick to writing, or am I going to read it and be like, you just fucked it up? She did you read? Have you read the bonus chapter? No, I'm so done with her. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know. I I I feel like this is going to sound really like ridiculous. Like this is going to sound very, you know, peculiarly scented, um, hemp wearing socialist, but she is such a, a freaking like cap, like capitalizes on so much. She and does. I feel like that, that, I feel like that bonus chapter did, was not this like organic, like, Ooh, this is another aspect of the story I want to tell. Like, they, you know, I, I don't know if it was at Barnes and Noble. They're like, oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna put out a special edition with a bonus chapter. And she's like, great. I mean, she made a coloring book, or was gonna make a coloring book about it and stuff. And I, I'm just like, so yeah. To me, it almost doesn't matter what's in the chapter because I feel like it's absolutely 100% money motivated, which again makes me sound like some sort of, I don't know, someone that that. I don't like sews all their own clothes or something. Like I'm not that crunchy granola, but like kind of like the it, there's a loss of art to it yeah. in my opinion. And that let me just you know put the soap back back under the table. <laughs> but that's why I haven't read it. So I'm like I doubt I doubt it's like remotely creative. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's like people who've read it told me it changed their perspective on the book. And you know what? Let's no. let's not and say that I did because. I, I did enjoy it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my gosh, because I don't like her. I hate the book. No, it was a good book. It was a well-written book. Agreed. Maybe a ghostwriter wrote it. Who knows? <laughs> but from the her other books that I read and I was so over it, I'm like, mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, that's, I'm, like I'm not going to read, because if it's going to make me hate the book, I'm just 
gonna be like no yeah um let's see the uh and literally i read all these books like within a month of each other was the perfect marriage i don't think you've read that have you i haven't but i'm very curious as to your thoughts i i liked it um okay so the perfect marriage um hold on let me let me read this so i make sure i'm not giving anything away <laughs> um Uh, okay so that won't give anything away I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to spoil it for someone who read it so it goes over the uh, this marriage right you have the wife who is a successful attorney the husband is a writer right okay. and uh, she's a successful defense attorney um they you know they have like a summer home or a second home and their main home in the city and one day the husband gets arrested um for murdering his mistress okay in their second home and then now you have the wife trying to figure out is she defending her husband and trying to figure out if her husband truly killed his mistress. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of twisters. I will say this. Normally I can see things coming in a lot of thriller mystery books and suspense books and like even crime books. Like, and you know, this because we've had this discussion before. This ending did take me a little bit by surprise. For some reason, I didn't see it coming. Oh, okay. Like, I think part of the ending, I kind of suspected. But I didn't suspect all of it. And then the other part, I was like, I didn't see coming at all. I was like, oh, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> so I, I think that's why I liked it so much. Um. But it's still pretty good. That's that's really impressive because one of the reasons I think I enjoyed the genre so much is because I am so gullible. So I never see twists coming. And I used to be really embarrassed about it. And then I sort of had a change of heart a few years ago where I was like, no, this is like a, a superpower where I get to enjoy every thriller I read, every horror movie I watch. And yeah. like, it's so fun. Like my... My spouse makes fun of me because we'll watch something that, you know, in the mystery genre and mm-hmm. there'll be a reveal and I'll go, oh, and he'll go, oh my God, how did you not see that coming? You know? Yeah. Um, so it's really, really, that's, I think that's why I have so much fun with this genre. And um, just to piggyback off what you were saying, I think for me, the mark of like not a thriller, even if the writing is really good, but maybe um, maybe the the uh the way the plot is told, the way the mystery onion unfurls, is when I can tell you what happened. If Kara Reynolds can tell you the the twist, it's not going well because I'm the most gullible son of a bitch you'll ever meet. <laughs> and so I was very disappointed with it's not that I don't recommend these books. Alex Finley. I, I think it's F-I-N-L-A-Y. He's gotten a lot of, and I believe it's a he, a tremendous amount of praise for uh, the night shift. Mm-hmm. And I think every last 
fear. Those were really, really like big, like everybody was all about it. So they were both on scribe. I listened to them. The, uh, the writing was phenomenal, absolutely wonderful, totally enthralled. But I could see where, like, it wasn't obvious. There was no obvious, but I could see where there might be, you know, suspect number one. And I was right both times. So I have no interest in reading his third book, which I think is a new release. The other one that was a deep, deep disappointment, I actually think I went so far as to return it on Audible, was The Overnight Guest by Heather Gudenkoff. Mm -hmm. That got a tremendous amount of praise last year. Yeah, and that's on TBR. <laughs> oh, take it off. Oh, my <laughs> God. It was so frustrating because it, it, it unfolds this story that, you know, allegedly an unsolved murder, but it, it unfolds, you know, back and forth. It's like a current true crime writer. And then, you know, the kids that were involved in the, in the murder, but it's like, you know, what the true crime writer doesn't know you, cause you're watching in the past and unfold and you, you figured it out. Like, yeah, that's it. Like a third of the book in, you're like, Oh, it was this guy. And then you're just reading the stupidity or the ignorance of the true crime writer who's like still fumbling in the dark. I'm like, why would I read this? There's, I already know what's going on. What is <laughs> the point of this? It was infuriating. I had it at 2.5 on the audiobook. I Wait, was like, you had there... an audiobook at 2.5? Yeah. And it wasn't Jennifer Armentrout. <laughs> it, it was so, I was so mad. I thought there, oh, there's gotta be a twist. You know, there's gotta, and it was, there was no twist. Oh, no. I was, oh my god i want i want the time back i mean i know it's serious you returned it i returned it i i, I said they were like you know the, there's like the drop down menu i was like not satisfied mm -hmm. <laughs> um let's see what i read and this is one of those weird ones i think that i had finished reading all i could read on scribes for the month sure and it was like it offered it to me. Um, and it's called something um Comfort Me with Apples. Okay. So it's a little it's a little um the best way to describe it is Stepford Wives. Okay. And like it's very much Stepford Wives, like you know in this community and then you have one of these wives where she's starting to kind of see past the the veil okay. sort of say like she notices things aren't weird and like when she tries to ask questions like either people like ignore her mm. or like make her feel like what are you talking about everything's yeah. perfect like your husband is perfect. Your your life is perfect. What are you talking about? Like, there's nothing wrong. And she just kind of keeps questioning things and she's finding things that are not adding up. And yeah, there's um, yeah, I like it, it was really it was a short read, like it was super short, but uh. Interesting, like I said, like you said before, nothing that reinvented the wheel, but um, but you enjoyed yourself, yeah. It was, and I think because it was a quick read, I think the it was one, 
the author's name is Catherine um, Valente. And I don't, she didn't add a whole lot of fluff. Okay. Like the story is the story. And I think I appreciated that because I think I read it right after I had read some fluffy thing that I was like, oh, help me. Actually, I think I read it after um, Finley Fen. Oh, God. And I needed to cleanse yeah. what we read. And I, I'm pretty sure I did that with Confirm Me with Apples. Because it was short, it was a thriller, and it yeah. was, um, like, straight to the point. Like, it, like I said, super short story. Um, yeah. It wasn't bad. Uh, what else did I read? I love All the Missing Girls by Megan Miranda. Oh, she is a, she's a home run almost every time. Yeah. I want to say my biggest thriller disappointment. And I want, and it's hard to say it was disappointing because I get what the author was trying to do. Um, it was called "When No One Is Watching" by Alyssa Cole. Okay. The book had a lot of potential. Mm. A lot of potential. But I think my problem with the book was there was too much going on okay like she tried to put too many tropes too many like social injustice like civil injustice social injustice into the book at the same time yeah like she tried to do a lot with one book where if she had like maybe narrowed it down a little bit yeah it would have been better like the book is basically about the gentrification of this Brooklyn neighborhood, right? Okay. And people are seeing things happen and changing overnight. Um, people are disappearing. And um, these, you know, new neighbors move into the neighborhood. And the main character, she's kind of like, Something's happening. I don't trust it. She's figuring it out. She's getting the help from this neighbor. Um, but like they're kind of helping each other out, but don't trust each other at the same time. Sure. And then once you figure out what's going on, there's so much in the conspiracy theory and crazy Karens and things happening <laughs> that it's just it's just too much almost would you say that it it could have used a stricter editor do you think that's the problem yes because i think a stricter editor would have been like i get what you're trying to do and i get how it all relate to this but you're doing too much you either need to rewrite or rework this yeah um because it has potential like I I want to say, like, for a good part, there were certain parts where I thought it was, like, dragging on a little bit, where, again, a good editor would have just cut it off. But I also think, like, she just tried to do so, so, so much. Yeah. And it's a short book. It's, like, 350-something pages. Oh, wow. So it's not a big book, but there's so much happening, and you're like, oof. Did you read it or listen to it? I read it. 
Okay. Um, and I don't know why I say that was such a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes because my preferred, you know, con- consumption method is audiobooks. Sometimes I do think that I like books more than they are worth because the the experience. You know, I had a great you have a great narrator or yeah. a great couple of narrators. And so I almost wonder if it would have been a better read, maybe not one that you love, but a better read with like narration. Um, maybe. I actually think because I think I saw it the other day on Scribe. And I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um Um, while you do that, I think yeah. it might be fun for us all to talk about like our our early intro to thrillers like as younger readers mm-hmm. because um it's an it's, it's it's not a genre that you find right away like most fantasy readers and i i would say that all three of us could fall into that category we all have that introductory series that you probably picked up in middle school um you know everybody can think of like the first fantasy book that they read and the same with romance like there's a lot of like you know, as like it's usually women, but you, you know, as a young girl, you picked up some sort of harlequin, maybe, and you were like, "What is this all about?" Um, you know, but but thriller, the thriller mystery suspense genre, that 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 that, that is an unusual uh, trajectory, like that path. I'm always curious about that because it's just not a genre that like a younger reader is going to pick up right away, and except for today, today there's a lot of there's a whole subcategory of teen thriller, and I think that is freaking phenomenal. Um, but I don't, I didn't have that. They didn't. That would that did not exist in the nineties. Yeah, no. Um, I would say. Oh, uh, by the way, it is on Scribe. Okay. Um, they according to Scribe, it's it's available. Okay. Um, because like I was saying, like it's not a genre that teens necessarily pick up right away. You know, as a teen reader, you tend to pick up a lot of teens read fantasy. If you're, you know, a lot, a lot of teens read romance. A lot of teen reads are coming of age, but they're not like murder books. So I'm always curious, like, you know, what, what, what's your introduction, so to speak, to the genre? My introduction to the genre was Goosebumps. 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 Okay. Okay. Um, so horror led you to that. Horror horror led me to thriller. Um, I'm pretty sure when I brought some of those books home, my mom was mortified. Um, because let's face it, those RL sign covers were not the nicest ones. They're wild. But I so much. Yeah. Um, I would say I would say like mystery and horror led me to thrillers because I don't know I think I was like in elementary middle school when I was reading them so okay you know you could only get them at Scholastic Book Fair yeah yeah I think that I think that was what um I think Goosebumps for me was probably the same intro but they're so interesting because thriller really is a, a big umbrella for so many things. Um, I, I guess horror is probably a different category, but 
I mean, thriller, that, that term is so broad. So, right. It's like, like mystery right. in there. You have drama yeah. in there. Who done it? The so really probably, so probably if we think of like super, super young intro was a series of unfortunate events. Okay. That had a chokehold on me. <laughs> and that no, I've never read them. Did that that had a mysterious element? Yeah. It's it's like a mystery drama with okay. some bits of dark comedy in it. Wow. Yeah, and there's a ton. Like the whole series is I think it's like seven books. Oh wow. Okay. Which actually, FYI, it's on the ban list. If you guys didn't know for schools. Why? What? Why? Yes, because it it, it uh, because of incest. And there's no incest in it, but it brings up those topics. For God's oh sake. God. Yes. I was like, what in the world is going on? I mean, when you start taking out Anne Frank, it's yeah. you're out of control. I mean, they took out beat. Uh, I know. And there's that's a certain book to be exact. That's what I said that I said to my husband recently about that about speak, which I don't think I've ever read, but I know what it's about. And I said, this is a book, and we're gonna get off on a banned book tangent. Yeah. But like this is a book that gives voice to sexual assault victims. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna take that away from actual, not fictional, real people. Mm-hmm. Real kids that have had to deal with this. I mean, it's an outlet. It's like, it's insane. Okay, yeah, not you, that. No, no, like, it's true because in Speak, you go through her whole journey or, like, well, as much of it that's given, but it goes through most of it and, like, how, you know, she handles, like, <sighs> When it happens to her, when she has to, like, speak out, how she's treated because she spoke out. Yeah. Um, you know, she, the fact that um, she has to face her accuser almost every day, like, her healing process, like, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah. And it probably is very impactful for people that have actually gone through that experience and just to take that that resource almost away is, is like that like all of the man books really have gotten to me but that one really pissed me off really pissed me off i was like this is a tool for a lot of people yeah. i mean just ridiculous and maybe even like people who are scared to come mm-hmm. and talk about it yeah you know yeah. like You know, but then again, there's some places who don't ban Lolita. So, you know, what the hell? <laughs> right. Oh, my God. So my introduction to thrillers was I jumped right to adult thrillers. Um, I was a lonely kid. I was a weird kid. And I grew up in a small town and I rode my bike to the library all the time. And I burned through children's and YA pretty quick. Probably before we had a decent library for a small town, but I, I can visualize the wall that was children's and YA combined, you know. And uh, you know, you you read all fifty three Nancy Drews, and you're like, okay, man. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, but Nancy Drew, it was you know, I was like, all right, I kind of like this formula where you know there's a 
an unknown and we have to figure out the unknown. And I just, there was nothing on the shelf anymore that interested, interested me. I think there was a couple, there was a couple of books that were maybe more for boys or something like that. And I was just like, this is garbage. And so I found myself wandering over to the left side of the building all the time and picking up books that I had no business picking up. There, I, there's no way a 12-year-old child should be reading. But they always had boring covers. So my parents were like, you know, whatever. And I'm reading A Time to Kill by John Grisham. And I'm 12. <laughs> and um, and so I, I just, it was just pure, like, a lack of, and we weren't allowed to watch one my parents really really didn't want us to be tv kids and so I ended up just like the no options you know and I would I started to wander over there and I I started with a lot of the like the big from the big names from the 90s like John Grisham, Baldacci, um, all of those guys and I really liked them and I really enjoyed them and it pushed me further and further into the genre and so Every time I've ever had a reading slump, every time I've ever, you know, been like right now, you know, finishing up Love and Other Words by Christina Lauren, like too emotional. That's like a safe space for me. And I think it weirds people out, but it's like, yeah, reading like a sequential detective novel where the overarching story is he's trying to solve his like wife's murder and then solving these other murders at the time in each novel. That's a com- that's comfort for me. That's a comfort character. And, um, I don't know what that says about me, uh, but I've always found, I guess another thing too, about this genre is it tends to be the most honest out of all of like, uh, maybe, you know, you could say historical fiction is up there too, but like when it comes to mystery and thriller and suspense, it shows the underbelly of humanity and it stares Mm -hmm. it right down. And it doesn't, there's no, it doesn't pull any punches. It doesn't say, oh, you know, you know, there's no Nicholas Sparkle about how at the end, you know, everybody you need is a good person. Thriller writing is like, no, the world is scary. This is what's going on. And, and everyone's horrible. And everybody's horrible. And I think that honestly is very refreshing for me to come back to. Yeah. And it doesn't get me, it never gets me down. Love in other words. I'm down right now. I'm like, this is emotional. It's still great. Like, I love Christina Lauren. They're they're a fantastic writing team. But I think for me, that it it's almost like um, it's like a favorite blanket or something because I did read those books during extremely formative years. When you know, like, like when you're in middle school, navigating the strangeness of like social circles you know, uh, people are having, I remember like reading a book in the sixth grade and these girls were talking about like what guys they like. And I was a really late bloomer and I was reading the book and I was like, this is total bullshit. Like what, (laughs) have you guys picked that book? You know, like you guys are talking about boys and you haven't picked up a book. This is, this is what you want. (laughs) Uh, So, so it, it was just a complete laugh. Of, of anything else to read and it was fantastic and I loved it I loved I remember every single book I read I remember every single you know first encounter with a twist first encounter with like like a survival story <clears throat> you know like a like a book where somebody's on the run um yeah. a legal thriller a serial killer mystery um a classic whodunit you know I burned through all the action Christie's 
and and sorry i just went on for, for quite a tangent but no. it's a very it's really close to my heart it is my favorite i think as like when i got older because how old was i when you were at usf yadi oh i don't know um you were 18 so i was 15 16 girl around yeah. there let's say you that were like 16 there. If I was 18, you were 16. 16. So I think around then, I started getting out of young adult thrillers and into the dark, dark life of James Patterson. Oh, and, I've never been a- and I've never been able to go back. And actually, Yachty got me my very, very first James Patterson book um, for my birthday while she was at USF when you worked at the library. I want oh, you to remember? remember that. <laughs> yes. When you worked at the library at USF. Oh well, what was it? It was the quick. It was the quickie. Oh, that's I did. Wait, didn't I get it for you because I had read it or something? No, I like started talking to you about how like I was like learning about James Patterson and the type of books he was reading, like writing, and I was wanting to read them. And then you got it for me for my birthday while you were working at the library. And then after that, like that same year for Christmas, you got me The Mistress from James Patterson. Oh well, I'm glad I did such good work. Yes, and then that has been like my go-to thrillers are usually always James Patterson. Sure, sure, yeah. And I think also, you know, I know a lot of people hate on James Patterson. I don't know why. (laughs) Did you see how fast you got on that high horse? I was just going to say that was lightning. That was lightning (laughs) fast. And um, and I think I sent you a message the other day because I feel like. James Patterson very much gives no fucks what people say about him. Why yeah. would he? He's a he's a multimillionaire. Yeah, yes. and and then I feel like just to be controversial, he'll do things like you know write a book with like Bill Clinton, and then now turn around <laughs> and write a book with Dolly Parton. Like you know what yes, I mean? Like I literally. feel like like he has no he does he doesn't give a fuck, and like and then he's like you know what. Y'all just pissed me off. Let me write another Alex Cross. Alex Cross book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like literally, you, you guys pissed me off. Because w- what are there? Aren't there like thirty something books in the Alex Cross series? Yeah, there's a ton. Wow. And I feel like anytime someone writes something negative or pisses him off, just he just comes out with another one. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I pissed you off. Here's another Alex Cross book <laughs> to really <laughs> wind your gears. But even his um, non-fiction books are great. His, uh, I didn't even know he wrote non-fiction. Yeah, he wrote The House of Kennedy, of course. Oh, wow. Um, and that one's really good. It's pretty much an entire biography on the entire Kennedy family. Uh, line. Uh, like going back to the great-great-grandfather. That's phenomenal. So uh-huh. Janice's favorite thing is James Patterson and the Kennedy. And yeah, the Kennedy when that together, out, like, did you just lose your shit? Yes, I called my best friend Amanda, and I was like, what are you doing right now? And she was like, nothing. And I'm like, we need to go to Books a Million, like, now. <laughs> Mind you, I live in a very, very small town, so the closest bookstore to me was Books a Million. And she was like, why? And I was like, the James Patterson House Kennedy book just came out. She's like, Lord, you need help. And I was like, we need to go find it now. <laughs> um, so we drove about 40 minutes to the bookstore. And as soon as we got there, they did not have it. It was already sold out. Are and I was serious? so mad. And we drove. 
from the bookstore that we were at, we drove to the closest Target, which was about an hour and 15 minutes, and Target had it. Oh my god, I love it. I love the dedication to it search was. out this book. Sure was. By the way, I, I live at the new, the new Barnes & Noble in Tampa is like three miles from my house. So I and and I I really want to do the like camp out and buy the book for the new Crescent City book. So if anybody wants to like Venmo me money, I'm totally willing to grab you a copy. Um, because I was thinking about pre-ordering, pre-ordering, and I was like, no, I love that adrenaline rush. Like yeah. there's a Starbucks nearby. I'm gonna get a cup of coffee and I'm gonna I'm gonna sit outside. Listen, you know? I I did that for like almost all the Harry Potter books. Like, I was going to say, didn't you do that for the Harry Potter I, I was, I was that I child remember. that, like, I remember, I think everyone's like, you're crazy, and my grandpa would be the one to take me. Like, he mm-hmm. did not care that it was midnight. He'd be like, okay, let's pray, let's go. Oh, and he'd it. come pick me up and take me, and, like, he'd be like, you guys are so weird for doing this. But, I mean, you're the one driving, sir, so what does that say about you? Oh, I love it. Um, That's so sweet. But, yeah, he... he make sure I was there like to get that book keep in mind sometimes I had pre-ordered the book so I had the pre-order slip so it was like those people were like people were waiting in line and I'd be like I gotta slip give me my book (laughs) like excuse me I have a VIP pass courtesy of being prepared exactly because there was a lot of times where those books sold out yeah yeah. So fast that I was like, I'm going to be prepared. I apologize for my dog popping up his lung. Do you know what I always think about? Um, and maybe maybe I'm just weird, but maybe you guys think about this too. When it comes to big releases like that, I always think about the weird position that bookstore employees are in because you know those books are in a box like Monday night. I know. Oh, yeah. I would just like find me in a closet reading it. I know. I'd be like, you know what? I quit and you can file a police report. I'm taking one of these. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like that's kind of what happened with the Rebecca Yaros book. Because I think, Mm -hmm. what was it? Like two weeks before it came out, I sent you a picture and I was in a random ass bookstore. And, um, okay, it wasn't right. Anyway. Um, for, <laughs> the book was there, and I knew it wasn't meant to be released yet, but it was on the shelf. Yeah, and people were buying it at least a good week or two before. That's crazy. And I'm like, somebody wasn't supposed to put this out, but I also feel like to, someone yeah. didn't give a fuck and did it. Yeah, it? yeah. Hey, hey, stranger things happen. But that's what I always think about. I'm like, the books are like, if you go to a store on a Monday, and it's the day before. Because they all come out on Tuesdays. Yeah. If you go to a bookstore and it's Monday afternoon and, you know, I'll just throw out, uh, you know, like House of Sky and Breath. Like it's February of 2022. The books are in the store physically. Like mm-hmm. the UPS guy came at the very latest. He came at like 2 p.m. in the afternoon. They're there. It's so weird to me to think about that. I don't know why. Someone say something because I feel weird now. No, I can see it. I can I can most definitely see it. Like I said, like find me somewhere in a closet with the box of books. Yeah. And, it, and then Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd, yeah, they're there. That like has to give you anxiety if you weren't there. It gives exactly. me anxiety. I'd be like, all right, I need to take one of these now. Yeah, yeah. Like hold hold on, I'm gonna do a coffee run and then you don't come back. 
Um, yes. I'm very curious because so I I've read some James Patterson as a teen, and the one that sticks out to me was Kiss the Girls. I think this is a good time to stop. What do you guys think? So. This is a two-part episode. Part two will air next week. And we will continue the discussion on James Patterson and other thriller horror books.